On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to chat with Buster Arnwine. We had an amazing conversation all about what it takes to scale up, uh, you know, one to 10 million, 10 to 100 million, and the different changes and shifts that you need to make um, as a founder, CEO, whatever that looks like. Maybe it's about replacing yourself. Uh, yikes. Maybe you don't want to listen to this. <laughs> but there, you know, there's a lot of, you know, massive changes that need to be made as you are scaling up. We had an awesome conversation. Guys, you are not going to want to miss this one. Hey guys, this episode, we want to share about one of our partners, ClearCo. Just because you're profitable does not mean that you have money for growth and ClearCo solves this problem. There are so many options out there for you that they can help you with. And because you are a listener to this show, you actually get a thousand dollars off your next ClearCo funding round. So go to clear.co slash partner slash upgrowth dash commerce. Yes, that is incredibly difficult. Let's try that one more time. Clear.co slash partner slash upgrowth dash commerce. If you are a mid seven figure brand and above, listen up. Are you struggling with ads this year? Uh, how about growth in general? What about profitability? Supply chain issues got you down? You are not alone. As a brand owner myself, I totally get this. iOS 14 has ravaged many smaller brands. The good news, our clients at Upgrowth and the brands that we own have not been touched. Don't get me wrong. We had to fight to figure out how to advertise effectively in a post-surveillance ad world, but we learned some incredible lessons along the way, and we want to share some of those lessons with you. So go to www.upgrowthcommerce.com slash grow to apply for a free growth plan today so we can show you what is working in a post iOS 14.5 world. Again, that is www.upgrowthcommerce.com slash grow. Now on to today's episode. Hey guys, Jordan West back with another episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Today we are going to be talking uh, scaling in particular from eight figures to nine figures. So that 10 million sort of mark where you know, you've know you built a, a company that's really starting to become sustainable. You've got great staff. You know, you've scaled up to a, a certain amount of staff. And then what does that jump look like You know, from 10 to 100 million? And we're going to be talking all about that today. Today I have Buster Arnwine here. We'll call him a serial entrepreneur. Right now, you know, he has his company company, Hair on Fire. Really looking forward to chatting with him. Buster, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Great to be here. Yeah, awesome. So for people who know nothing about you, tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay, yeah. So look, I spent 18 years in retail CPG at some very large companies, saw them grow. I have a very weird resume, I guess you could say. I actually have started off in supply chain and then I did trade marketing and then I did I went up in sales and I've done general management. So I've kind of just went been around the block with some big, large CPG companies. Uh, with the the last role being uh, working with a startup they acquired. It was actually very small. It was actually right around this mark uh, that we're about to talk about. And so um, a lot of the things we're about to talk about are very near and dear to my heart in terms of insights that I learned while doing that. And then I did leave corporate late last year, a dream of mine, and started my own company. This got a couple of different divisions doing different things, consulting, IT support. I was doing well. I've written a book. I'm about to write the second book right now and went into editing. So I was doing a, a bunch of different things right now. I feel like most people listening to this right now can definitely relate, right? I, I feel like when, you know, us as entrepreneurs talk to non-entrepreneurs and like, oh yeah, I'm just like doing this, doing this, doing this, doing this. They're like, oh my gosh, how do you do it? And entrepreneurs are like, 
Are you sure you can't fit another thing or two in there? Uh, there's got to be a couple more things you can fit in there, right? <laughs> yeah, it's good. You know, I think look, corporate was great. Uh, you learn a lot of like best in the world type of practices. Then working for the startup, working there got me the bug. I started working with a lot of digitally native people that had only been working into digital startups. And I really was like, you know, that's what I like doing. And I've always wanted to do it. And that's what uh, made me take the jump on it. But uh, that, that's what Awesome. Buster, let's let's talk about the previous experience there. So, you know, this company comes into, you know, a big portfolio company, but really it's it's still in that sort of startup phase. Walk me through what that looks like and what kind of foundation that you start to lay when a company like that comes in and what you what sort of strategies that you start to implement at that sort of ten million dollar stage. Um, yeah, you know what's interesting is so I've worked in I've I've led billion dollar brands and customers. I've uh, been at that startup that was around that you know eight figure mark, and uh, now I started my own business from zero, right? So I've seen kind of every single stage, and I've yeah. like, experienced it all, right? And all radically different. Every single stage is radically different. And I think you know the biggest observation I had was when you, when you start getting around that ten in the early teens, there's a pivot that's probably needed. You're going from uh, kind of where I'm at right now in my current company, like real scrappy. Let's get things done. Hey man, we're growing real fast. You know, like growth's not a problem and we're just trying to keep up with it. And it's kind of like, look, let's just get stuff done. Good enough is good enough. Right. And we struggle just to get to good enough sometimes. And, you know, but when you hit a certain point, there's going to be a, either a saturation point where you've hit all the low hanging fruit and you've kind of just cleaned up a little bit. And if you really want to take it to the next level, like another phase, another arena at 10 million is basically when you start doing that, your, comp- your competition is going to get tougher. You got to start really acquiring customers uh, or it's be much more hard because you cleaned up all the easy ones. And so there's a lot of pivots you need to make in a couple of different areas that um, I kind of consolidated and said, okay, I think it's people, mindset and execution are like, you need to look at those three things mm. and have some tough conversations with yourself. And if you're the running the business and with your management team to figure out like, guys, we're going to have to change how we got here. And I think the biggest thing you'll see in these small companies, and I'm seeing it now, I'm working with a lot of small companies. What I do right now too, it's interesting is they like, wow, I got from zero to 10 and it's like, th- this is awesome. And so yeah. what I've done is always going to work and I'm just going to keep on doing it. And I think it, and it, you see that all the time and look, it's very impressive. Look, getting yeah. from zero to 10 is hugely impressive. Right. I would kill. Yeah. Oh, massive. Absolutely massive. Like you should all be incredibly proud of yourselves if you've gone from zero to 10. You know, like we we just got there in our in in uh, in our group of companies. Right. And like it's a it was a slog to get to. Yeah. to so, it's, that it's, level. so it's taking nothing away from from the journey from zero to 10. It's all about like the pivot you need to make it at 10. Look, you hit 100. You'll probably have to you have to some more pivots. Right. And you got to have a pivot going yeah. from, you yeah. know, 100,000 if you're doing not much to a million. Like it's just there's points it has to evolve because the same things won't work in different size arenas and also the business is changing rapidly as you know the industry right now you have to really really keep on top of things yeah. and so uh you know it's really really critical and i can go through kind of some of my thoughts and, and observations on what i think people should really think about as they're hitting that pivot absolutely can we talk people first when you were in there because i think that's the most sensitive difficult conversation especially for people who really care about people what is that big the, the big people change buster yeah, it, it, look, it's first on my list and it's 
always first on my list because yeah. the best strategies, brands, plans, whatever, go nowhere without the right people. And yeah. this is a tough one because there may be tough decisions that have to be made. And some people are going to be very, very good in starting a business and going from zero to a million, then maybe a million to 10, because it's look, it's a certain skill set is very brute forceous. I get it. You're, there's a lot of different things you have to do, yeah. but those same people may not be able to take you much past 10. And that's, mm. that's the difficult thing. Now, I'm not saying that's for sure, but it needs to be evaluated and thinking. It's like, okay. And you always need to be thinking ahead in people. As you know, it takes a long time to find people. It takes a long time to coach and train people. So this isn't a, oh, you wake up one day and it's like, I don't have the right team. You need to be thinking about where am I projecting over the next couple of years and what kind of capabilities do I have and what kind of people do I need on management team, managers and anybody else supporting the business, right? And that's yeah. the most critical thing. And you need to make some decisions too, because people got you there. You're going to have to do a lot more. Um, you're going to have to make decisions. Do you want employees? Do you want uh, contractors? Do you want agencies? Um, you know, I have a lot of thoughts on that myself. So it's like, how do you want to staff up? You're bigger. And I think almost everybody always assumes higher, higher, higher. Um, mm. And and I can tell you from personal experience and in, in a couple of different roles and jobs I've had is it is extremely hard to staff up at this level because you're going to have to get, particularly with digital nowadays, like you have to win. And totally. it, it is such a resource intense place and that people don't realize. Yeah. They think it's just like their phone, like you turn it on, it unlocks and it goes. It's like, actually, yeah. it's in, in a lot of respects, it's more manual than traditional classical things we have to do. And yeah. it, it is just, it takes, you know, five, 10 people to kind of just get going and like, think about the overheads yeah. and the CFC is on that and the profit you're going to have on that is a massive hit. So, um, you know, so you need to do two things. Do I have the right people? And then how do I want to scale my people? How do I want to scale my human resources? And, yeah. you know, particularly, look, my personal belief is scaling up with actual employees makes more sense when you get really big. I mean, I think that's when like you can get some scale, you can afford the right people, uh, other things. You need to be yeah. cutting edge nowadays. If you're not cutting edge, getting the best people with the right amount of people, you're going to have to outsource anyway. Then you're kind of in the middle getting nothing. So finding the right agencies, I think is really important. Finding the right contractors is really important. So think about that. Don't lock in headcount until you realize it is good. Mm. I just want to actually stop there for a sec, Buster, because, you know, selfishly, also one of the portfolio companies that we own is an agency. And so for on the agency side, I feel like it's just to a brand owner, it's such a, for us, you know, an easy sell because it's like, well, guys, do you know how many people you would have to have that have expertise in these certain areas to get even a tenth of where we're at? with this expertise, like it's very difficult. Like we, and we also know from the brand side, I'm like, I can't hire those people in there. First of all, I can't afford to have one person doing that task in the company. It just makes no sense. And then I loved what you said about even just like locking in these salaries, right? And all of the associated costs that, you know, most entrepreneurs, they're not thinking about those costs, right? At the end of the day, they're like, oh, okay, well, that's just another thing that comes out. You don't really calculate like, oh my gosh, these people cost a ton and finding talent right now too. I think that we're in for, I think that there's going to be a great reckoning in the labor market. And I think that we're just at the beginning of it, seeing all of these startups firing or having to lay off mass amounts of their people. I think that we're in for a huge reckoning where it's going to shift backwards to an employer's market, but it's not there yet. Look, I agree. I, I would say like my, like, this is the minimum. And this is, if you're going to hire a team to even kind of just be okay at SEO and social and community and, and growth marketing, I mean, a million dollars a minimum of CFCs and that's with them probably working almost 24 seven and just start trying to yeah. and so being stressed and you probably don't even have a lot of good mind space to think about some stuff you really need to be doing with them. So like, yeah. that's just, that's just a start. And then the, like, yeah. once you lock them in, 
they're locked in and there's labor laws. There's all these other things. And like you're stuck with it. And then if they decide to leave, you got two weeks and then they're gone. And vacation time, right? Vacation, Sick time. 30, 40 like, markup for benefits. <laughs> if you do that on a startup, I mean, in the, in the talents, that's right. Talents when expect you to give you benefits. Like if they don't, then you need to say, oh, how good are these people really? I mean, so you're right because the market. So in the early, like the lower half, like so 10 to maybe a couple, 10 million more at a minimum, I think you need to really find out and say, okay, I need to partner with the right agencies, not too many agencies because they got to make them talk, right? And that's, that's all obviously yeah. very difficult. You got to prove them out. You can prove concepts out. You can get there. They'll be there for a long time. There's continuity, which is good. Uh, and you're tapping into their yeah. resources efficiently without spending all those CFCs. And you have somebody to hold accountable to on performance, which is fantastic. Oh, and Buster, sorry, can you can you define CFC? Oh, I'm sorry. So like uh, your overheads, I'm sorry, like controlled fixed. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I don't think that's a Canadian term. Uh, I've, I've never heard CFC before. I, I think so. it's everybody maybe calls it different, but uh, in my past, it's uh, okay. overheads, salaries, benefits, uh, okay. uh, rents. Gotcha. So contractors are not a bad option either. If you want to help supplement, if you have an agency, because you can't just have zero people dealing with an agency. Totally. Yeah, it, you have to have that point person that actually knows your brand. Exactly. And honestly, you can get a contractor. It may not be cheap, but you can flip them on and off like a light switch. That's actually my current company. That's what we do. We're like all contractors and we, we're growing like that, which is it's mm. keeping me agile and, move, and moving around to what we need to do. So highly recommend yeah. that on that. And then if they're super good, you can eventually hire them because you do need a core team, even if you have a really great agency in there. And that kind of goes to the really back to the original point the right people and which yeah. is do you have a person that understands how to grow in today's market and it's somebody with experience like i have i have both digital experience now and also classical experience I like bridging the gap and a lot of these classically trained people don't understand it and and if they're not trained at all in classical or digital skill sets like you, you can find they they're not going to know what to do because you need to yeah. know to ask the yeah. right the right questions to ask the agency the right kpis to hold them to and the whole thing and yeah. also just having some even the little tricks that agencies can sometimes pull, right? Like, and guys, this is not like a knock against all agencies, but it's super interesting. I, I host a mastermind uh, with about 30 members and uh, actually probably closer to 40 now. And in the mastermind uh, yesterday, the discussion was all about how their agencies had screwed them over because uh, as soon as times are tough with iOS 14.5, you know, they would shift a ton of spend to retargeting and then try to, you know, get first party data in there to lower the customer acquisition cost, right? But we all know as brand owners and people who are like, if you're not trained to look for that kind of stuff, you're like, wait, you're just hitting the same customer over and over again. You're not acquiring new customers. You're just like, we could have gotten them on email or SMS. So those sorts of things, it's really important. I, I just want to just jump on what you were saying there, Buster. It's really important to actually have somebody who can hold them accountable, right? In a, in a good relationship sort of way, but they have to be held accountable. Yeah. And I get, and agree. I'm not anti-agency. Actually, most of them are all good, I think, but you have to ask the right questions in know how to hold them accountable. Look, they're doing their job. Their yeah. agency's job is to make money just like you. And it's to, you know, be a good job at selling your product just like you're wanting to be, right? So they're doing the same thing. But if you don't, if you hold them accountable, they're great. Like, and, but you have to know, the, like you were saying, look, are you filling up the funnel or am I actually just spending on customers that would already be converting over? And I'm just actually probably going down the profit, you know, rabbit hole yeah. on this. And so there's a lot of ways to do it. And it gets, it's, so you need people that experience and, and it's probably, I'm not sure you have enough depth if the people that got you to 10 necessarily it just depends on who your team is but you need to ask these questions you need to go out there and just like really get really study up on what's important to win in today's market and then vet your team and make the decisions you need to make on it 
Awesome. That's great. You talked about three different things that you focus on. What, what was number two? Number one was people. What's what's that next step? So mindset, I think is, which is, can be related, but I think this is coming from either the owner or the management team, whatever's applicable to them. Yeah. And if you have an agency that can actually help, or if you got some other ones, you, you can actually go to a couple of people to help you out with this. But how I always like doing things, and I think particularly if you're at 10 million, right? And I think you need to do the maths. If you haven't already done the maths on what are we looking at of where we could get to and making yeah. it a real evaluation and not everybody has skills in doing this. I did this before. So like, this is how I look at things, but you need to look, say, where can we go? Cause this is how you motivate your people. And this is actually how you kind of plan resources and how you plan everything else, which is how big can we go? So for example, if you're at 10 and then you look at, and I'm just going to take you through an example of how, how you would maybe look at it and say, what's possible for me to frame the whole company's mindset around and help me to do resources, which is I'm at 10 million. Uh, maybe I have 5% penetration in a certain amount of my target marketing audience. Then let's say I'm targeting 10 million people. I got, you know, a couple percent penetration, right? And I think with, you know, if we got a reasonable one, let's say we went to 10 or 20, which in some categories isn't crazy, right? And then you yeah. upped your uh, average basket size. You just start making assumptions on the formulas, right? How many people am I getting? What what per, uh, penetration do I have? How much are they spending per year? How do I get that up? All these other things start making assumptions and say, okay, here's how I get to 10, 100 million. And because I think if you don't, your 10 million employees are going to be like, that's a pipe dream. Or they're, they're thinking, I'm going to do the same thing to get to 100. You need to say, well, no, I need to increase basket size. I need to increase my customer base of hitting these yeah. and I need to get frequency up, whatever it is, right? But it's probably going to be around the form yeah. like, like that. So um, I think then you have a really clear roadmap of saying, look, 100 million is super possible. It's not a number I pulled out of my head, you know, and yeah. uh, it's based on these maths. And then here's what we need to do. And then you can say, do we have the right people in the strategy to make this go up, to increase the amount of customers yeah. Yeah. that are actually converting, to get the basket size up, to get repeats up, et cetera, right? So I think that's where yeah. you really need to have that good plan and that clarity for everybody of saying, here's how we get to 100. Honestly, like I've done some math before on different things and I realized the, the number I was really wanting to get to wasn't even possible, right? Mm. Yeah, there wasn't the people out there to sell to, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly, right? So I've played in very large categories and I've played in small, right? And you look at small, like, um, you know, uh, some of the maternity categories I've played in, it's like, look, there's not many pregnant women. There's even less that are doing this and then there's even less of doing that. So if I even got 100% of them, right, it's not enormous, yeah. right? But then you play in some other yeah. ones, I've actually lowballed myself before, which is like, hey, I, I want to get to this. But now I start doing the numbers. I'm like, wow, that really shouldn't be that bad because all we need to do is these things, which are hard to do. But, you know, it's realistic getting these kind of penetration and basket numbers. So, yeah, you know, I think that's really, really important to do because it kind of sets up your next stage. Because honestly, from zero to 10, most of your thoughts probably just like grow, grow, grow. And we're just doing what it is. And like, you know, yeah, grow, 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 yeah. cash, cash, cash. Yeah. Yeah, survive, 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 survive. Exactly. Like, just like, I just want to keep. <laughs> in business. And then one day, then one day it's good. One day you look around, it's like, you know, there's no pressure on these things anymore. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, okay, now what do I do? And then that's when you kind of lay out the framework of saying, do I want to get to hundred? Is it possible? Maybe it's just 50, maybe it's more than that. And then you resource accordingly. Cause it's like, if, for example, if you want to get more customers, partner with people that's going to fill the funnel up and figure out how you want to do it. If you think that's really there. So that's where it kind of should guide some of your decisions on how you're actually going to tap it because everything should be about breaching your vision at one point and, and resourcing for that. Awesome. Awesome. And what was the third point that you wanted to bring up? Uh, the third thing to think about? This is the other one. So again, going back to mindset from zero to 10, right, is just get it done. And look, look I like that mindset. I mean, that's mine most of the time anyway. I mean, I don't like yeah. perfection is usually too costly in, in, in time and money, but you need to look, raise your level of expectations on execution. You have to. And mm. and I think that's that that's where you see a lot of these people, you're scrappy, you've rolled up your sleeves and you're going, you've gotten dirty and like, you know, you haven't had time to look at everything and you haven't, and you know, you were happy 
happy to get a website up maybe or a D to, or a D to C site up. And it's like, yeah, this is great. Yeah. You know, I got a couple of customers and, but now you need to be, not be happy with that. And I, I, I say that when yeah. you, you need to say, I expect this level of execution in some key, key areas. Right. And I mean, I, I was, yeah. you know, me, I, I think everything's key. That's how I always people get frustrated because I was like, oh, everything's important. Right. But like <laughs> really saying what, what's really important at this stage outside the obvious, which is like financials, right. That's always going to be important is, yeah. you know, you look at, I think you need to look at your digital execution, your digital marketing execution. And I think you need to look at your supply chain and it's like, okay, mm. those are the areas that are normally very loosey goosey until you get 10 million. And because because you, you're rocking and rolling, and things are working, and you're happy. But now inches start mattering a lot more. And so, yeah, having a website or having decent content on Amazon is not good enough because your competitors probably have awesome A plus plus content or something like that, and and all yeah. these other things rolling. And so you need to start thinking. It's like, okay, this is where to support maybe like on point two to support the hundred million, which I think I can get to. I really need to expect this service level. I need to expect my cost of goods to go down to this. I need to, and I yeah. also probably need to say okay, look guys, like I'm going to grade ourselves on things that matter digitally online because that's actually how you want to win. And whether yeah. you're on a shelf in a store or whether you're just digital, doesn't matter. Uh, you need to be both because that's exactly where your target consumer is always looking. And that's how you acquire them now is digitally. You don't acquire them at the shelf. You acquire them through the yeah. laptop or whatever, right? So say I need to hit like hit up, set your KPIs and say, I am only going to accept this if my conversion rates too low, right? If my basket size is too low or people aren't repeating or whatnot, I need to get these executions up and these numbers need to get to this point. And why, yeah. and if they're not there, it's not okay. And I know that's, that's a yeah. tough thing to, to hear, but it's like, you kind of need to change your mindset of celebrating every little thing to saying, okay, I'm competing in the bigger league now. Everything's not good. I'm up a weight class. I'm going from Walter White, you know, now I'm going up to mm. Mike Tyson. And it's like, okay, I probably need to, yeah. I need to train harder and lift more weights or, or whatever to do this because now I'm, I'm, I'm going yeah. up. And I think that's like so, so key because then, then it is inches. One inch can be the difference between your brand being there in a few years and your brand not being there in a few years. Yeah. Buster, I got to ask you the question I ask everyone that comes on this podcast. What is your secret to scaling? I think one is being physically smart is I think the number one thing is I think a lot of people I don't spend money on things you don't need to, but I will invest where I have to and where I think is important. I think that is my number one thing. And keeping my options open at all time, I think is really, really critical. So if you look at what I, the company I've started now, I, I took a lot of the thing, corporate, you're kind of contained, even in that one company I'm still doing, you still are contained, right? But like here, it's like, okay, I can do this exactly how I've observed would work. And we bootstrapped it, started off with zero debt, only did contractors. I've switched people in and out that weren't good enough. And um, yeah. we were profitable from one to one. Our operating margins are great right now. And just we're investing in things, but things that don't matter, we don't put a penny towards. And I look at these other companies that are my competitors maybe, and they're got these nice offices and these other things. I'm like, guys, it doesn't matter, man. I got a brand. I'm going to maintain my brand and I'm going to make sure my financials are right. Because the more money I make, I'm not even paying myself right now. i funnel it back into the business to the things that do matter that will continue to grow it. And I think that's like this key to scaling. Some people just want to start off flashy and fun up start up front. Totally. But it's like, guys, you got to start thinking, does what really matters hitting your goal? And maybe when you're at a hundred million, look, we'll go get a nice office. Maybe I don't know. Right. But like uh, right now we need to reinvest and we need to go build the yeah. brand and, and keep on going. And if I need to spend a lot on an agency, I can do it. I got the money. I'm not in debt. And so yeah. I think that's yeah. like 
physical discipline is the number one thing for me. And, may, and, also, and other thing is just knowing what your brand is and being very consistent throughout the whole time on your brand. It's like, if this is, I have a very specific brand I've built for this company. And it's like, I'm always going to maintain that. And it's like, that is the reason we're growing. And I'm doing it very efficiently right now. And the same thing is I've, I've worked on yeah. uh, Mucinex, Lysol. I've worked on all the big brands and led them, but they started off and in, in, they all start at the same place, which is zero. Right. And, and yeah. the brand yeah. still stands for what it is and people trust it. Yeah. Buster, what a fun conversation. I've got three uh, questions for you left. I hope that you are ready. Yeah, I hope so. Let's see. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Uh, first question for you, favorite tool or app that you're using right now? That's a good one. So we're looking, I'm looking at a lot of different things. So I'm always looking at the analytics, of course. I mean, I, I think everybody's going to say the Google analytics, right? And, and other things it is pretty standard fare. Uh, always look at our social stats too, as we're going through it, you know, is, is something we're always doing too. And I, I flip through those almost every single day, actually. In my, I also, every single day I go through my accounting tool <laughs> and I look at every single dollar and making sure that we're efficient. Those are my thing. I use FreshBooks for that. So it's nothing magical, but awesome. No, so nothing uh, very cool or different in there. I know in that answer. Yeah. Knowing your numbers, that's uh, that's like just so ridiculously important. We actually at all of our companies, we have a daily uh, update that comes into Slack with all cash numbers because we're obsessed with just tracking cash. Yeah. And and so it, it pulls from our from our accounting software and every single day we see where our cash levels are. You have to. I'm the same way. It's yeah. like I, I, I love numbers or everything to me is fun. And, uh, you know, I'm honestly I use Excel a lot. I know that's not either but i'm building out packages and i'm building out like what's the models we're going to do and how do i you know i got certain i have algorithms i've built for like how we maintain margin here because i think you know that's yeah i am very king on margin i'm very cool on turning down customers too because i think that's what other small businesses go in is like uh, even like 10 million dollar ones i've seen it where they they like servicing a customer and and i've done this enough for mike there's customers that aren't good and so it's like really just kind of challenging everything you look at and never taking anything for granted and just always going through the numbers and using yeah. finding the tools are going to help you do that yeah yeah for sure a uh, second question for your favorite podcast or audiobook that you're listening to right now <laughs> oh man uh well obviously yours right so uh, that's what you always uh that's the obvious and this is why i asked this question yes yeah <laughs> I don't always read. Right now, I'm actually not really doing any of those because I've been writing a book for a few months myself. So generally in my spare time. Yeah, like, so that's sucking up your time, yeah, I'm sure. Generally in my spare time, I'm actually thinking about it where I'm writing and I'm in the editing phase now, which is like, I had like 10,000 edits. So that's honestly the kind of what I'm doing. I know that's not a very fun answer either, but that's what I've been doing lately. I, I keep track of what's going on in the world with biz, my business and on the Google feed is what I'm doing. But yeah. honestly, like all my efforts and just the thinking about my, my books and writing and running the business, of course. Awesome. Uh, last question for you. If you could sit down with anybody, they have to be alive. You get an hour with them. Uh, can't be Elon Musk. Who would it be? Besides Elon Musk? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Everybody probably says that, right? He is like... I love- exactly. And that's why I've now... Now I, I don't... I don't. I just don't allow it anymore, you know? Yeah. That, that's a really good question. So, you know, there's so many people I wouldn't want to talk to, but I... Uh, <laughs> for me personally, I think... Probably Warren Buffett. I know that's probably a common one. It's not. People don't talk about Warren Buffett very often because I have younger entrepreneurs on here a lot of times who don't think about somebody like him being like, the guy's full of wisdom after all these years. So anyway, sorry, you you, you go on because I love your answer. No, and it's and, and I'll tell you why. It's, it's not give me a stock tip or whatever. It's kind of like, dude, you're like in your 80s and you're still kind of on top of your game. And like- 
Yeah. How, and you know, he, he's ahead of the mark. I mean, he's still great. And it's like, how did you, how have you stayed on top of your game consistent to your eighties? And it's like, I, I'd love to talk to him about that journey. And, you know, I've read a lot about him too. And I love his philosophy because actually a lot of, I have a very, not anti-corporate stance. I just think corporate wastes a lot of money and time on things now. And that's a lot of vanity and yeah. ego driven. And, and I think you could strip out like 50% of costs in headcount in most big companies. That's just made from what I've noticed. And, you know, he runs his office and he doesn't really allow slides. And it's like, there's 20 people running Berkshire. It's like, you know, another, any other company without much business that would have the excuse to have all these EVPs and their teams and all these other things and, and thousand slide decks. And I'm yeah. like, that, that is, I'm like, that is so beautiful and awesome. And it's like, that is exactly how I like running everything. And so just talking to him about how he came to that and like how he maintains it and, and how does he fight the creep of uh, people coming in and wanting to, that's just human nature. Executives come in and they want more people. They want more resources. They want more flash. Yeah. And it's like, I want more slides and I want more of this. And it's like asking them, how did you maintain this level of excellence in that much, you know, for however long he's been doing it, 50, 60 years, you know? It'd be super yeah. fascinating conversation. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's uh, that's a great answer. Buster, where can people uh, connect with you and find out more about what you're up to? LinkedIn, obviously, is it, you know, Hair on Fire Tech's the, the tech company uh, that we're doing for the support. And I'm rolling out everything else. So the book's called The Honest Executive, and that's going to, I'll have it on my LinkedIn feed. And I, it's, awesome. it's got a lot of funny stories from corporate, and, and it's got methods on how to maintain energy and build your career through it. And then the second book's going to be like very practical ways of looking at sales and financials and other things, just kind of skipping it. Cause my theory is training doesn't work and learning by trial by fire is extremely unpractical or impractical. So the first book's about energy, a lot of funny stories, a lot of really good tips for people to walk away with. And the second one will be uh, the pr practical professional and like really kind of breaking down, like how do you just look at this stuff and just get past all the BS that of training and everything else, which honestly doesn't stick. So like you walk out and you forget it in a day or two and then you hit the thing. And, it's like, yeah. and so it's like, I'm just bringing a lot of different thinking into that. So they can look for that. But if you look, if you follow me on LinkedIn, then you can, you'll see it all on my feed. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for your time today. Look, it's been great talking to you. I love talking about this stuff. So thanks for inviting me. Awesome. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.